this feels like let's do it it's a celebration what's up everybody it's a victory Sunday night Browns, not dead yet, well probably still, but for one night and for one week, we're going to party, Cleveland Browns, 23, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 17 in overtime. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the LOTL Browns postgame show. I'm your host, Dan. Here, as always, well, actually, on the postgame show, not always with Steven, but back again after a couple-week layoff. Or, no, we, we did it last week, didn't we? No, we didn't. I don't know where I am. The Browns won, and I don't know what to do with myself. So, Steven is here, and we are celebrating. What's up, Steven? It is the first time in three weeks I've been here. Uh <clears throat> I didn't miss much because the Browns no. got absolutely trucked the last two weeks prior to this. Yeah. So, you missed me saying that everybody stinks. That's what yeah. you missed. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, said that I was going to do a drinking game where I would have to drink every time you said the word stinks, and I ended up completely drunk off my you-know-what. You'd end up in the so, hospital getting your stomach pumped. Yes. So, uh, but well, no, We're not going to talk about good. that. No, that is in the past, and what we're talking about right now is a Browns victory. 23 to 17 over the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, Titan Tom. Uh, yeah, so the crazy stat, of course, is that the uh, Tom Brady teams have never lost a game when they were leading by seven or more at the two minute warning. Uh, <laughs> ever? 218 and 0. It is no longer 218 and 0. The Browns are the one in 218 and, and one. one. <laughs> Shout out, Paul Heyman. Incredible. Unbelievable. Um, and, and it was even more amazing how they got to that point because the Browns, inside the last six minutes of the game, got stopped on fourth down and then later had to punt. And it was a case of, you believe this, the Browns' defense actually basically just stopping Tampa completely in the fourth quarter and overtime. The ba- the Buccaneers didn't do diddly-poo on offense uh, after Absolutely. scoring the one touchdown early in the second half. So... I mean, is that more of an indictment of Tampa? I mean, maybe it is, but I mean, the magic elixir did not work for once for one of these teams. This game was trending exactly the way pretty much every Browns game seems to have been trending. The Browns come out, they get the ball first, they go right down the field, they score a touchdown, and then they get blitzed the rest of the game. That's Mm -hmm. certainly what's happened the last two weeks. And actually, the Browns up until today, tell me how crazy this stat is. The Browns this season, when scoring on their opening drive this year, before today, were 0-5. 0-5. Yeah. 
That's almost unfathomable. Oh, and five. And they were very nearly oh and six. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this game was this game was trending exactly the way the previous few games have been trending. The Browns score first, do absolutely nothing the first half, the rest of the first half on offense. Allow the opponent to score right before the half, and then the opponent gets the ball to start the third quarter. And recently, that's been the story. And coming out of half, the team that we're playing almost always goes right down the field and scores a touchdown to start the second half. Yep. And by then, because we've let them double dip, we're basically out of the game after the first drive of the second half. It's precisely for that reason that I was saying the Browns in last week's game should have surprised onside kicked at the start of the second half <laughs> yeah. to try and upset that formula, which, you know, I mean, who knows if that would have worked or not, but it, it would have been worth a try. But enough about last week. You go you go back to this week's game, and, Dan, who's the one guy you always are critical of who doesn't make plays at the end of the game to win the game? Jacoby Brissett. Ooh, not who I thought you were going to say, but that's true. Jacoby Brissett has not made plays at the end of games. He's yeah. actually gacked in several key situations already this year against Atlanta, against L.A., where he threw a terrible interception on the possession that would have given them the lead. Uh, uh, narrator, uh, he should have said Miles Garrett. Yes, that was who I was getting at. But, I, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around for why the Browns have not uh, performed well in the fourth quarter of games. Yeah, just go but back to my stinks rant. Miles Garrett. Third down, awesome. With just before, just over two minutes to go, I think makes a sack or a half sack with uh, yep. number nine coming up in the middle, and then after that, the Browns score. It gets to overtime. Same thing. Another third, another key third down. Garrett gets in again. Yep. Sacks Brady as he's trying to escape up the middle. Got his tenth sack of the season today. Awesome. Two humongous plays. Yeah. When the Browns absolutely yeah. needed him. Absolutely. And, you know, the next step is doing that consistently. So awesome job today by Miles. I thought the defense as a whole played really well. Now, the way that the Bucks play offense kind of played into our hands a little bit. The Bucks can't run the ball. And also Leonard Fournette was out today. So they that really helped. they really couldn't run the ball. Yeah. Um so, you know, but credit to the Browns' defense. They came up and played today. They absolutely needed to uh, because the offense was diddly-poo until the uh, in between the first drive and uh, the latter stages of the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I mean, Miles Garrett was great. Uh, Jacoby Brissett didn't really have a great game but made throws at the end when he needed to. Uh, so we'll obviously give him credit for that. I'd much rather have my quarterback play like crap and then make the throws when he needs to to win a game than, you know, what Jacoby did uh, last week, which was play well the entire game and we still lose. Uh, so that was good. That was good to see. Uh, here's the here And here's the stat. Here is the stat. Now, I'm not saying this is the end-all be-all because I do think that some of this is coincidence, but how many carries did Nick Chubb have today? I don't know off the top of my head. How he many had 26. He oh, well, that's a lot. Yes. Uh, what is the Browns' record when he gets 20 or more? I thought it was 3-0, wasn't it? It's now 4-0. Yeah, well. What's the record when he doesn't? 0-7. There you go. Now, again, 
I'm not saying that that's the end all be all. Like we're we're guaranteed to win if he gets 20 carries, but well, kind of is, isn't it? Well, it's getting to be a big enough sample size to where the winning formula is to feed Nick Chubb more than 20 times a game. That's the Browns' winning formula. Now, maybe that changes a little bit now because as we're going to talk about towards the end of this episode and then obviously on LOTL this Wednesday, Deshaun Watson is back officially tomorrow. He is the Browns' starting quarterback tomorrow. And maybe you don't need to give the ball Nick Chubb 20 times to guarantee yourself a a victory, you know? But up until this point, that has been the, the... the magic elixir. Get Nick Chubb the ball 20 times, you win the ball game. So, uh, he was great. I thought Amari Cooper sands his inexcusable drop on fourth and nine late in the game. Which we thought was a game loser. Thought was, thought the game I, was it, over. It probably yeah. should have been Absolute a game loser. <laughs> but, I'll, but I'll tell you what, he stepped up and he redeemed himself. Now, there wasn't a player in within a country mile of him on that play. Uh, was that an over? I believe that was an overtime. Yeah, the DB like DB lost slipped. his footing and then yeah. tried to haul him down and couldn't. Yeah. And yeah. so he made up for that, obviously. Uh, and he, I believe, he had like seven catches for ninety-six yards or something like that. He was, um, yeah. If you Amari look at Cooper. Stat line, Amari Cooper is on pace for a twelve hundred yard season and uh, uh, ten plus touchdowns. I mean, he is worth every penny that we're paying him. He's great, and. Listen, we've gone 10 minutes without speaking on this. David Njoku maybe made, outside of that Justin Jefferson catch in Buffalo, made the catch of the year in the NFL. Unbelievable. Best play of his career. And given the stakes at that moment, it makes it even better. He's that a, was on fourth down, wasn't he's it? He's a tight end, and he made that catch. He's a 260-pound tight end. That was incredible. Climbing the ladder and pulling a dart of a throw out of the air. And staying in bounds. One-handed it. Yeah. Yeah. And if he doesn't make the catch, you lose the game. I I told my brother. I I watched the game with my dad. I watched the game with my dad, my brother, Mike. I I told my brother, Mike, when they showed the slow-mo replay, I'm like, Jacoby's probably thinking to himself when he released the ball, oh, shit, I just threw it over everybody's head. And that was literally the game. That was fourth down. Yep. Game was over if you don't if you don't uh, connect on that. Mm-hmm. And Ajoku made just an absolutely unbelievable catch. Um, you know we we questioned before the season that big ass contract that the Browns decided to give him. He's a hundred percent lived up to that contract. I mean he 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 missed a few games a couple weeks ago because of an ankle injury, but when he's in there and you throw to him, he's making plays, hundred percent. So I I feel a little bad it took us about 10 minutes of this episode to talk about that catch because you know and we're, and obviously we'll talk about it too the Browns technically are not out of it now especially with Baltimore's inexplicable loss to the Jags today that that made it a, an even better day for the Browns uh that there's an very slim but there's a chance that we could go back and look at that catch by Njoku as the absolute turning point of this season. Not impossible. Because let's assume, and I know what happens when you assume with the Cleveland Browns, let's assume that the Browns win next Sunday against Houston. 
who is the worst team in the NFL. Worst team in football. Yes. Absolutely. They were absolutely listless today again against Miami. All of a sudden, you're five and seven with a couple uh a couple more divisional games coming up. If now again, the Browns have just come off losing six out of seven, and they won this game in overtime. So you know, we're, I'm not trying to say that the Browns are all of a sudden fixed and they're they're going to go on this magical run. But if the Browns are somehow able to get back to seven and seven, they're back in it. Sure. I mean, as we've said all year, none of these teams in the AFC North look like they're going to run away with it. If there was one team that had a legit chance to do that, it was Baltimore because their schedule was so much easier than yeah. you know Cincinnati and even Cleveland. But honestly, Cleveland's been through the meat grinder now the last few weeks. Their schedule is almost as easy as Baltimore the rest of the way. Yeah. Cincinnati has it real hard from yeah. here. So... They got a they got a big win today. They, I did, oh, I, they really did against the Titans. I know you picked them. I picked the Titans. I didn't think there was any way they were going down to Tennessee and winning, but they did. Especially mm. especially with Jamar Chase still out, they did. Yeah, um, their defense did just enough on. Uh, and they on shut the, down Derrick Henry's offense. Shut down Derrick Henry to get that done. So it was a very good day for the Browns. It was a very good day for Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, with with the 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 Ravens just. I mean, we'll pooping talk about their pants. Old, I mean, how do you do that? The they Jagu- their Jaguars pants. were on as bad of a run as the Browns had been. I think they had lost six of seven as well coming into that game. Yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, I also want to uh, throw some shine to rookie cornerback Martin Emerson, who blanketed Mike Evans all day. He was awesome. Cause awesome. Awesome. There were three different times in the late fourth quarter and overtime that the Buccaneers tried to throw deep to Evans. Yeah. Now there was one of them where he actually did. The Evans did get some decent separation, and and uh, Tom just you know he had a nice throw. Tom, nice throw, Tom. Um, that's an inside joke between me and Steve, uh, by the way. So yeah. that dates back to the last time the Browns beat a Tom Brady team, in 2010 against the Patriots, when Colt McCoy was a man among boys. Yeah. That day. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady threw a lot of bad passes that day too. But uh, ergo, nice throw, Tom. Very sarcastically. Um, yeah, Martin Emerson was great. Uh, really, you know, the defense just played great. I Was that their best game of the season today? Or I know we all – I know we point to the Bengals game too. But – Yeah, that sort of depends. I mean, in terms of playing a complete game and, like, best game, yeah, it's yeah. probably still Cincinnati. But this is probably second. I mean, even I, though you yeah. beat the Steelers by more – and more decisively, the Steelers are yeah. not as good as Tampa. Right. So, right. yeah, I'd be willing to say this is the second best. Especially because excuse me, you were playing Tom Brady, and he had the ball in overtime. I mean, 90% of the time, you're close up shop. Brady's going to win the game. And yeah. the Browns didn't let him do it. So... I mean, heck, even when the Browns scored that Njoku uh, touchdown, there were still 32 seconds left. And by the way, what the hell was Tampa Bay doing when they got the ball back with 32 seconds left? They threw a screen play on first down that went for about five yards, and then they didn't call a timeout. I have no idea what Tampa was doing with regard to timeouts at the end of the game, and frankly, in overtime, too. 
So when the Browns had first and goal, they ran. They I think they ran it on first down, got tackled. Yep. They didn't call a timeout there, which okay, maybe you're hedging a little bit and thinking you maybe you will stop them. But I mean, and then on third down, you know they didn't call timeout again. I I think that was just total arrogance on the part of Tampa. Like yeah. they they were not covering their bases at all. But the the, the most know? egregious one was. You had a completed pass in play, went for five yards. You, there, were, there was about 28 seconds left. They, just, they had two timeouts left. They just didn't call one. Yeah, were they just thinking they were just going to go they, into overtime? Like, were the they very not even ne- trying to The score? very next play on second down, they got a 25-yard gain. Yeah. But there was only eight seconds left at that point around midfield. There should have been about 20 seconds left. Dumb. If they had those extra seconds. We would have lost. Yeah. They, you could very well make the case that the Browns – I mean, Tom, Tom, Tom Brady's literally done that exact exact thing. You know, 30 to 45 seconds left, you need a field goal. He's done that probably 300 times in his career. Yeah, so twice they dropped the ball. They should have called timeout before the Browns scored, which would have given them over a minute remaining. Yeah. And then secondly, like you said, they let another 20 seconds go off when they shouldn't have. Yeah. Totally dumb. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> did you see Did you see that there was a skunk in the stadium during the game? Uh, Yeah. We've now had the possum. We've now had the rally possum. Now we got the rally skunk at First Energy Stadium. On top of somebody somebody trespassing during the week, getting a hold of a golf cart in the tunnel and turfing the entire field. Was that a team employee or was that somebody who just randomly somehow oh, I got think it in? was somebody. I guess somebody. they said somebody was able to hop the fence and got in. It's a pretty high fence. See, I, I, I this is another thing I told my brother. I think that's an inside job. Oh, I absolutely think that's an inside job. I think that's a way I think that's a way for the Haslams to say we need more security at our stadium. We need a new stadium so we can just, you know, have better security so people can't get into the stadium. <laughs> that's a good point though. I, I mean it, that very well could have been an inside job. Right? Uh so yeah. Another thing that was interesting was uh uh since November uh, in the NFL is uh, uh, like military month for the NFL where uh, on the sidelines you'll see that um, coaches and team employees wear uh, like camo or like military colors. Did you see the, the, the elf at midfield? Yes. He was painted in camo. Yeah, for uh, November yeah, uh, thought, military month. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was painted in digital camo. So that was pretty neat, I thought. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, overall, uh, really good day, obviously. I, you know, I mean, the way that the, the way that the middle part of the season has gone, I had no faith, especially the way that that game was going the second and third quarters. I had no faith that the Browns were going to pull that one out. And you had no reason to really have any faith. I think, like, I, like I've said before, I just, I always tend to run the opposite way of conventional wisdoms when make, when picking Browns games. Because they just, you know, if they're on a win streak, I'm just like, oh yeah, they're playing a team they should beat this week too. No, no, they're not, they're they're, they're going to lay an egg and lose. Yeah. Whereas, you know, this one's like, oh yeah, they've gotten drilled by Miami and Buffalo the last two weeks. Like, you know, the negative momentum is just rolling down the hill. Like, yeah. you know, how are they going to win this game? Well, yeah, get drilled by Miami and Buffalo, and then you're like, oh great, yeah, uh, Tom Brady's coming to town. But that omits the fact that Tampa has, well, frankly, not been very. I mean, that's same thing though. You'd think Tampa, with their more largely moribund offense, this would be their perfect opportunity to snap out of it and have a big game because the Browns' defense stinks. 
stinks. <laughs> but in the words of the great Stuart Bennett, I'm afraid I got some bad news. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. A little Wade Barrett action there. Um, yeah, so Browns win 23-17. The Browns improve. You can call it that. To improve to four and seven. And we'll get to in a couple minutes. The Ravens fall to seven and four. We still have a game to play against them. So things could still get a little tight at the top of the AFC North. I mean, it kind of is already because the Ravens and the Bengals are fighting for it, but the Browns could kick the door down on that conversation as well if assuming we go down and take care of business in Houston and then I I believe we play Baltimore and Cincinnati after back that back to back the next two weeks yeah so if the Browns can so take care of business there, in Houston and then your win your, and then win your divisional games you're seven and seven and you're at at absolute you'll worst, have in, you have inflicted, two games. You have inflicted head-to-head defeats on the Ravens and Bengals. Yeah. You will be at absolute worst two games out of the division lead with the hammer on both of those teams. Yeah, you would have the hammer on both of those teams. I mean, I guess maybe Baltimore you wouldn't if they win all their division games the rest of the way. But, well, I mean, if, if that you, happens, well, then you'll probably finish in front of Cincinnati at the very least. No, but I mean, if, no, but I mean, if, if, if there's a tiebreaker scenario, you would right. because you'd have the head-to-head, you know, Head-to-head tiebreak. Has Baltimore dropped any of their divisional games? Uh, I don't know if they have or not. I know that we lost to them the first time around because we were talking oh, about yeah, game-winning right. catches. I don't know why I thought we were beat... talking about Amari Cooper. Oh. Well, if it wasn't for a BS. cockamamie <laughs> offensive P.I. call at the end of that game, the Browns could have had that game. Good way to describe that. That Honestly, that – that moment is the one that pisses me off the most this season, more so than the Jets game and more so than anything else because the Browns, I feel like, actually did what they had to do to win that game. They had it ripped away from them legitimately. Well, and it's just the fact that it's 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 a division game, so it's it you know, it hurts more. Set, it almost counts yes. as double. Almost, right. You know? I mean, right now, you'd be 5-6. and six. The, ball, the Ravens will only be one ahead of you, and you will have been unbeaten in the AFC North up to this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um and I would have been perfectly right on my first eleven games predictions that I was off by one. You were correct at four and seven. So, yeah. you know, yep. Just got just got a little bit of the games mixed up, but yeah. Um, all right. Well, we had it. To answer my own question, the Ravens beat the Browns, beat the Bengals, and have actually not played the Steelers yet. So they actually have two games remaining against Pittsburgh. And have to play the other teams, so they're two and zero in the division right now, compared to the Browns at two and one. So you would be hoping that Pittsburgh or Cincinnati could pick one of the games off. Yes. From ball, preferably Pittsburgh, because you don't want to give another win to Cincinnati. Yes. But uh, you know, so in those two Ravens Steelers games, it's okay to root for Pittsburgh. They, yeah. They okay could help us out. Absolutely. So um, overall, what do you? What grade do you give Jacoby Brissett as the kind of the stopgap quarterback of the Cleveland Browns in 2022? I give him a B. I think he's been very, very serviceable in most of these games. In fact, he's been better than serviceable in some of these games. Sure. 
Um, the only reason I can't give them higher than that is because there were some moments with the game on the line, again, like I mentioned, like Atlanta, especially L.A., where even a field goal would have given you the lead oh. and you're throwing a pick in the end zone. Like That's the kind of play you just can't make. Yeah. And he did on several occasions when, you know, again, you flip one of those losses to a win or, or two of them, oh, my gosh. I mean, you've. You know, I'm not going to get on for the Jets one because, I mean, there's no way that the defense of the special teams unit should have put them in, in that kind of a position. No, you can't put that game on Jacoby. But, like, I, no. you know, there were one or two games where if he makes a play or doesn't make a bad play toward the end of the game, we, we win the game. So, yeah. but but for the most part, he he is not the reason we're 4-7 and seven right now. Yes. Full stop. The defense is way, and the special teams unit to a slightly lesser extent is – fully culpable for the situation we're in 100 percent. he did his job yeah i mean i i think i'm right there with you um yeah i'm probably a solid b for jacoby um i really don't it the only reason why i'm not higher is and again like you just laid out it's not necessarily his fault so this is a little bit harsh but you know even though we won today and we're very happy about it we're still four and seven um, and again, that's not necessarily his fault. He has done, uh, you know, a yeoman's work with this team. So maybe, maybe me giving him a B is a little bit harsh, but you know, that's where I'm at. So I'm giving Jacoby a B, um, and what, what, and you look, what? Like had a, you look like you had a shock. Oh no, I was. I just had a look at the the scoreboard. We're gonna go around the okay. NFL in a few minutes. I'll explain what that yeah, was. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, B, B, solid B for me for Jacoby. And man, like you lamented a couple times the last couple of minutes. If we could have just gotten one more game before this this next week, I'd be feeling really good about our chances. And especially if it was that Baltimore game. Yeah. I seriously that. But, you talk about things haunting us, like, as we go along here. We talked about the Jets game. We talked about the L.A. game. For me, it's the Baltimore game. Yeah. The fact that you literally made the plays you had to play. And, and, and we talk about the difference between – we haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but I talk about this all the time. The difference between how NFL games are officiated compared to, say, the NBA. Like, in the NBA, they're not calling ticky-tack fouls in the last minute of a game to decide right. a game. Right. That's just – it will not happen. Right. And – I think that's an indictment of where the NFL well, is. Well, unless you're Joey Crawford. Well, Tim Donahue. No. Oh, God. That, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. So, it's, oh, man. Five and six with six more games with Deshaun. You know, for me, it's like, okay, we won this game today. Mathematically, we're not dead. But these next three games, I'm going with, I'm going in with, the thought of I'm not going to scoreboard look at all because we have so many tie we may, we have so many tiebreakers against us right right now mm. that I'm just going to pay attention to the Browns and if we are if we can somehow get to seven and seven then I'll go back and I will look at the standings and I'll be like okay where can we make some headway. Because I think if you get to seven and seven, you know, you can start to look at things and see because 
the AFC, it seems like, is just going to continue to beat itself up because the AFC is just just a meat grinder this year. It is. So it will be very interesting to see where we stand if we can get to 7-7. Seven and seven. But because we've lost so many games early on, it's on us to be able to get there to be able to have the right to look at the the possible projections. Right. You know, honestly, next three games, the Browns' margin for error is zero. Yeah. They cannot they, lose any of the next three games. They put themselves in or this position. Or it's curtains. Forget yeah, it. They put themselves And you can make position. a case that it's it's actually just the next six, period, because the AFC yeah. North was one at 10-7 and seven last year. Right. I don't think it's going to be lower than that this year, quite frankly. So... Yeah, and, and you might to, be in a situation to, where you got to win out. I mean, and to assume that we can just that we can just get a wild card to me is foolhardy because of forget that. all the games that we lost early forget in the season. That. I mean, every single game we lost early was against an AFC foe. Let's talk about the teams that are in the wild card chase right now in the in the AFC. Bills and how the Browns did against them. Bills yep. lost. Yep. Jets lost. Yep. Patriots lost. Yep. Uh, Chargers lost. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting any tiebreakers on any of them. It's yeah, just, I mean, what are our other losses? We lost to Baltimore. We lost to Atlanta, and what was the other one? The only other team in the wild card chase that you've beaten so far, Cincinnati. Yeah, right. You know? Right. And that's not really for me. That's not really an accomplishment because we always beat Cincinnati. Yeah. So, so that would be your your component if you wanted the wild card. The only way, the only way I could possibly see it happening is if New England and L.A., who are both currently 6-5, and five, do poorly down the stretch to where you finish in front of them and you beat the Bengals out head-to-head, either in front of them outright or tied with them at the end when you eat the tiebreaker. Yeah. That would leave maybe two of the teams in the AFC East in, and then you would get the third shot after that. That w- that's that's the only way conceivable. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if you're already thinking that, I mean, we're thinking way ahead out of ourselves, but right, those will be the teams to root against hard the rest of the year. Yes. The Patriots and the Chargers. Yes. But again, for me, I'm not even going to look at what's happening around the AFC until we win these next three games. You have to do you that. Have to win these. Have next three to do games. that. Period. Yep. You cannot lose any of those three games, or right. you're done. Right. Right, because then, because if you win the next three games and you get to seven and seven, that it's that, a whole other conversation. At that, that point. guarantees Baltimore will lose one out of their next three because we, had, we play them. Right, but if the Browns win the next three games, it puts the division back into play. To, in my opinion, no matter what, it does. No matter what, at worst you'd be two games down with tiebreakers. Yes, yeah. So yeah. We'll see what happens. With a favorable schedule in the last three games, because you play New Orleans and Pittsburgh in two of the games, yep. and the third is, I think, against Washington. Yeah, Washington. Washington's playing very well right now. Who knows what'll right be now, happening yeah. four months, uh, four weeks from they now? They are seven and five. This see, this is why I don't mean to get on a on a Kevin Stefanski soapbox, but this is the reason why I do not subscribe to the sentiment that of giving Kevin Stefanski a pass because he hasn't had great quarterbacks. Ron Rivera is seven and five with Car- with a combination of Carson Wentz and Tyler Heineke. I mean, in a much tougher division this year, he beat an undefeated on the Eagles road team on the road with Taylor Heineke. Heineke, yes, is he sponsored by Heineken? By the way, I should be. 
But yeah, I don't want to hear the Kevin. But but that maybe we'll talk about that Wednesday. Today today is the Browns won a game that we didn't think they were going to win, and for smoke and mirrors, probably they're still somehow in the conversation uh, at least for another week. They were really, they, they were put back into the in the hunt graphic at the end of the game. So that's actually kind of funny that <laughs> they they are considering them as in the hunt at four and seven. But yeah. Yep. Such it is. But anyway, Browns win 23-17. If you look at the other games, we've mentioned some of these already. The Bengals defeated the Titans 20-16. to uh, Cincinnati has now won seven of their last nine games after starting 0-2. They're playing very, very well. Again, that Browns game notwithstanding. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in the other divisional game, the Jaguars scored a touchdown with 14 seconds left, down by one. They elected to go for two in the win. They got it, and they defeated Baltimore 28-27. I just, I just saw what you, probably your face was about. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's uh, – I'll get to that in a second. But uh, that's an inexplicable loss for the Ravens. And we talked about how easy the Ravens' schedule is down the stretch. Well, if they're losing to Jacksonville, maybe it's not as easy as we think. Mm. And it's worth noting off of a game that you got – Maybe there's some dissension going on in Baltimore because you got Lamar Jackson spouting off at you know random people on Twitter after the game. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> so it's <laughs> things maybe going a little bit sideways there in Baltimore after that game. Uh, other one o'clock action today: the Dolphins built a thirty to nothing lead on Houston. But Houston Ooh. is just awful, terrible. You know, and Houston very nearly got the backdoor cover. Thank goodness they didn't. Uh, I, they, they ended up you know what? Game you know what's going to be very interesting? The Browns go to Houston next week. Deshaun Watson will be playing in that game. What do you think the spread is going to be in that game? Boy, well, the Browns will be favored, but the question yeah, well, is how, by how much. Jacoby Brissett was playing the Browns. I mean, it'll favored. be a field goal, or will, would it be more than that? I mean, I'm thinking three, four, probably. With Deshaun Watson in against Houston? It's his first game back. I don't know. Uh, if the Browns aren't seven-point favorites in that game, that's shocking to me. If the Browns aren't seven-point favorites, I am hammering the Browns. Okay. See, like, see, like I'm the opposite. Like, if it's if it's, like, over a touchdown, like, I'm going with Houston easily. But I just see uh, Houston. I honestly, I just see Houston getting worse and worse as the season goes on. It's certainly not looking good for the Texans. But here's here's the other, the flip side of it: is Miami a Super Bowl contender? Yes, they certainly have the look, don't they? Like the the only time they were losing games was when Tagovailoa was out with that whole concussion thing. The only yeah. thing that gives me pause is <sighs> I don't know if I can see them going into Kansas City and winning in January when it's bitterly cold in Kansas City. That's a hard task. If if Kansas City ends up with the one seed and Miami is, say, the two. Right. That that would be a very difficult task for any team. Because I, I, no I will say it. I don't see anybody. Cincinnati did it a year ago, which no, I don't think I, anybody saw coming. I don't see anybody going into – Miami in the playoffs and winning. It's pretty hard. Even even though Miami is a terrible sports town, so I don't really think they're going to have like a great home field advantage. I just think they'll be the, they'll be turned up if it's playoffs. The they way haven't that, had that playoffs in a while. The way that that uh, team plays and the style with you know the track meet with uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. If they're in eighty degree weather. It's good, and of course their bench, be really tough their to bench is in the shade. The opposing team's bench is in the sun. Yeah, I mean we that's, learned that. That's for a reason. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, they, and they always wear white at home. Yeah, unless it's a primetime game, they, yeah. they do. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, they are Super Bowl contenders. I would have to agree with that. And you gotta um, th- and you gotta think Mike McDaniel's probably the lead leader in the clubhouse right now for coach of the year. Uh it's either him or Ron Rivera. Or that. maybe Nick Sirianni with the Eagles. He oh uh, yeah, you, you could go with him too, because yeah, the yeah. Eagles we knew we thought they were gonna be good. We didn't think we were gonna be this good. Yeah. So, I think Brian Davis faded a little bit. Yeah, the Giants uh, well they didn't look very good last week. They're what, the seven and four now? Yeah, they yeah. they did not play this week. They had a bye. Uh, speaking of New- it's funny you mentioned New York. Uh, speaking of New York, the Jets got back on track this week. They defeat the Bears thirty-one to ten. The Bears did not have Justin Fields. It mm-hmm. showed they really were not competitive yeah. in this game. Right. Um, and I just mentioned the Commanders just a little bit ago. They continue their surprising ascent. They defeat the Falcons nineteen to thirteen today. They are now seven and five on the season. Did you think there was any chance that team would win seven games? Especially, no. if, especially if no. I told you that the Cowboys would have eight wins and the Giants would have seven. Yeah, and the that, Eagles would have is, nine. It, this like, is, are this you is the, this is the number one reason why I don't cut Kevin Stefanski any slack for not having a franchise quarterback. You, if you're a good coach, you find ways to win football games. That's what Ron Rivera's doing. Like, if there was any team that should realistically be like. One in ten right now. Yeah. It would be the Commanders. Yeah, and they have just—they've said free to that, and they are playing great football right now. You know, it's—it's it's almost like you can't explain it, but they're doing it. The prison inmate game of the day was undoubtedly the Broncos playing at the Panthers, and Whoa. two teams that have been just awful all season. And today, it was the Panthers who were less awful than the Broncos. They win twenty-three to ten. They were actually way up all throughout this game. You know, a lot of people gave the Browns crap for giving Deshaun Watson as much money as they did, given what he had been going had going on off the field. But if you're a Bronco fan right now and you're staring at having <laughs> Russell Wilson for the next four or five years with that contract, the way he's played this year, I mean, he looks he looks cooked. He looks done. Yeah. And I, you got to pay him forty five million dollars the next four years, five years. He looks as bad as Baker Mayfield. He's horrible. <laughs> He's got defensive players screaming at him on the sidelines. There's a video of, I, I don't know who it was, number 98, a defensive lineman on the Broncos, is coming off the field. And I don't know if, uh, uh, you know, Russ said something like, uh, like, you know, his cliche, like, let's ride or something, but they ain't having it anymore. That guy, I don't know if you heard Russ say something like, like cliche, like yeah, we still got this, blah 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 blah, and uh, th- there's I'll show you after. He just he's walk he's walking by Russ. He looks like he's gonna go straight to the bench. He must have heard Russ say something, and he just turns to the right, and he just says something like, "How about you score more than three mother points?" <laughs> and then and then continues to you know walk over the bench. Yeah, I mean things are not good in in Denver. Their coach is gonna be one and done probably. Uh, that was gonna be my next question: Is Hackett one and done? I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback because Russ looks completely done. He's he looks cooked. I love how you keep using that particular analogy right there. Oh yeah, there's a little strategy behind that mm-hmm. one. So they only have three wins. They're 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 worse than we are. Hey, that's cool. This is true. Uh, going to the four o'clock, and window. they've had their quarterback all year. Yeah, that makes it sound even worse. Uh, going to the four o'clock window, we the 49ers shut out the Saints thirteen to nothing. Yeah. The Niners look legit. 
Uh, their defense is tough. I think, you know, obviously Dallas is good, although Dallas has got to prove it in the playoffs before I even they think do have Super to prove it. The Eagles obviously look really good. I mean, if they hold on to the number one seed, it's going to be very tough to have to go into the link to to you know knock them out. But man, San Francisco, and especially after that Christian McCaffrey trade. I they look old school they, in, in a new yeah. school league. They look like a team that's just going to run and pound you, and their defense is tough and physical, and they and, don't yeah. allow much. And timely passing, pl- timely play action passing. Yeah. So they, they look really good. They're what seven and four now? Uh yes, they are. They were. Th- I think they've won four in a row. I believe so. I yes. Think. Yeah. Or like four of the last five. Yeah. Yeah. So Saints, meanwhile, are going the other direction. They are not going anywhere. Yeah, they stink. Uh, speaking of teams not going anywhere, the Rams, uh, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, the curse Super Bowl has hangover hit them, hit, hit them not the Bengals. I mean, it was a fake out. It looked like it was going to be the Bengals early on, and then the Bengals reasserted themselves, and the Rams has just been all downhill. Well, their their offensive line is just absolutely awful, and now you know Stafford and Cooper Cup are out, so they have no chance. Forget it. Uh, they have no chance. And in lieu of that, I mean, the Chiefs actually barely covered this line, twenty six to ten. But uh, the yeah, I know both of us, you know, because I I looked at that and I'm like and, and I'm like fifteen and a half points. Oh my god, I'm not taking that. <laughs> then I remembered Stafford and Cooper Cup are out, and I'm like, I have to take that, <laughs> right? You know, how could the Chiefs like not? How could you pick? The, how could you pick against the Chiefs to cover with the Rams when Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup are out? But uh, to their credit, they almost did do it. But. She- the Chiefs at nine and two, they have the top spot in the AFC. That's not really a surprise. Yep. Uh, we had some drama at the big toaster uh, ah. at the end of today. The Chargers, oh, yeah. who led, for, who were behind most of the game, they score a touchdown. They're in the same situation as Jacksonville. They score a touchdown within the last twenty seconds. Brandon Staley can s my d to make it a one point game. They also like to go for two, and they get it. And the Chargers. I mean, this, look. Not Brandon, a positive development if you're a Browns fan, unfortunately. Brandon but. Staley doesn't care about the fact that we picked them to cover two and a half points, but go <laughs> screw yourself. <laughs> yeah, so you go to overtime. If they, they win, you we would have covered that game. Right. But, no, he had to go for two. So Arizona ends up covering the game, even though they don't get the win outright. But the Chargers, again, move to six and five. Cardinals are going backward. They're not really going much of anywhere. And then... We had another overtime game up in Seattle, and this game ended in unbelievable fashion as the Raiders get an 86-yard walk-off rush TD in overtime wow. to beat the Seahawks 40-34. to Unbelievable. <laughs> That's a backbreaker for the, for Seattle. Yeah, they I mean, you, you talk about two stayed. teams that were going in completely different directions. You would think if you heard that game and you heard 88-yard touchdown to win the game— 99 out of 100 people would think that Seattle would be the one that, that – that the way the Raiders' season has gone, that's such a Raiders loss this season would be to give that up. For them to get that today is insane. And, and the only coach that's been worse than Nathaniel Hackett this season was probably Josh McDaniels. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. talking about is he one and done. How big of a win is possibly that for, for him and the, and the Vegas? Absolutely. I mean, they're only four and seven, but like you know, they're probably looking at that same wild card board the same way we are, and say like you know, we just need to win some games, and you know, then yeah. let's let's see what happens. 
But uh, a possibly season turning or season saving win for them. While meanwhile, Seattle, Seattle's still six and five. They're still winning it out in the NFC West. But that that hurts. Yeah, oh, that that puts them behind all... San Francisco now. You know. Yeah, that really hurt. Again, very quickly going back to Thursday, of course, Thanksgiving, the Bills defeated the Lions 28-25, the Cowboys defeated the Giants 28-20, and the Vikings in the nightcap defeated the Patriots 33-26. That was an important win for the Vikings because they got absolutely demolished the previous week by the Cowboys, probably lost some of their legitimacy, but that they was needed, a good They win needed that, that bounce back, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Dallas, good win for them. The, the Giants, as you said. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, they started 7-2, and two, now all of a sudden they've lost two straight, so... Yeah. You know, how do they respond? Yeah. You know, it's gut check time for Brian Dable and company there. For sure. For sure. So uh, Sunday night is the Packers playing at the Eagles. The Eagles are favored by six and a half. I can't imagine them not covering that. The Packers look like a complete dog S this yeah. season. I will, who- say, I will say, though, it is the Eagles, while far from me to criticize them, they've only lost one game this year, but they lost two weeks ago. And then last week they had to come from behind and they won by one point against the Colts. And they didn't look good most of that game. Uh, yeah, um, not not that I'm saying that they're just going to start losing a bunch of games, but they haven't looked good the last couple weeks. So no. is it possible Green Bay could cover? Yeah, I think it's possible. N- not really Rogers likely. Turns back the clock. Maybe they could even win. It yeah, not right, not really likely. I picked the Eagles to cover in I, this game. I, but. I feel about Aaron Rodgers the same way I feel about Tom Brady right now. I just I don't yeah. see it. Yeah, and Russell Wilson, like all these guys, it just doesn't seem like they have it anymore. Well, I mean, Green Bay has done nothing to help Aaron Rodgers. The fact that I, <laughs> they just let Devontae Adams walk. Well, they you know? they traded him. They got a couple first round draft picks for him, but um, they didn't really replace him. No, so it's like you talk about Tom Brady. At least Tom Brady has, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and the 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 remains of Julio Jones. I mean, I can't even name two receivers on. On Green Bay, Alan Lazard, maybe. I mean, if he's still there, I guess I don't know. Maybe Randall Cobb Val- is still there. Valdez Scantling is he? The, no, he's not even there. No, like, he's in Kansas City. Gee whiz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they still have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, but they those aren't those aren't receivers. So hard to see that getting it done against Jalen Hurts and company tonight. But no. we'll see about that. And then in the Monday night game. This is a rare. Yeah, you know, Monday night has been. Excellent for most yeah. of the season. This is a rare case of where they just they didn't they got it wrong. Uh, Pittsburgh playing against Indianapolis. Uh, Indy could get to five six and one if they win this game. They're certainly not out of it. But Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's looking up at the Browns right now. So that's how bad things are going for them. And you could say uh, Indy is one of the teams that we haven't played. So if you're going to scoreboard watch any teams, they're one of them. And they have a tie. You're not going to end up right. tied against them. Right. I mean, they're one of them because you didn't play them this year, so there's no head-to-head tiebreaker that we're going to lose. So, I mean, dare I say go go Steelers tomorrow night? Mm. No, I, I will never do nah. that. Stop it. Good this morning, is, good this, afternoon, and good night. This isn't a scenario where that's warranted. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah. So that's where we stand. Um, are the Browns – I mean, it's like the Monte Python scene. You know, bring out your dead. I'm not dead yet. Yeah, right, pretty much. That's where we are right now. It's going to be a lot of hard work to get back to a even, you know, moderately decent position as far as the playoffs are concerned. And you really are in the last chance saloon here. But it's a week. Least, to, it's a week-to-week thing, but you win the next three, you are firmly in the in-the-hunt graphic. What they got to do is just concentrate on going 1-0 each week. That's it's so coach's line. cliche, but 
Yeah. Go go take care of business uh, against Houston, and then, and you know, you let Deshaun knock the rust off, and then you've got Deshaun Watson v. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Is that game? Can that game get flexed in the prime time? Maybe Deshaun yeah. Deshaun v. Lamar, and then the very next week Deshaun v. Burrow. I don't know what other games are on the offing for those two weeks, but. Uh... I mean, yeah. it certainly would seem attractive. That's week 14 you were talking about? Who do the Ravens play next week? Or Actually, that's at Cincinnati. That we uh, The Ravens—wait, next week? Hold on. Let me, the schedule for week 13, Baltimore hosts Denver. Ugh. Yeah, God. yeah, right. Like, Well, I mean, you thought Jacksonville was going to be a win. You'd think that would be a win for them, too. I mean, well, J- Jacksonville—yeah, I mean, Jacksonville. Jacksonville's at home. I mean— this game's at home for Baltimore. It right. seems less likely they'd blow that one. But um, right. the Bengals, they got to play the Chiefs. The Chiefs. So that's is that in Kansas City? It's at Cincinnati again. They played at Cincinnati last year. Dirt bags. IDK. Well, hopefully the Chiefs take care of business uh, last year, unlike they did, or this year, unlike they did last year um, in Kansas or in Cincinnati. And then, yeah, I mean, we're hoping for Baltimore to drop another game that they probably should win. So, but again, again, we just got to focus on ourselves. It was easy to scoreboard watch because we were earlier because we were losing to teams that probably were going to be against us in the uh, in the scenarios of making the playoffs. That's all done. You lost all those opportunities. That's all done now. Now you just got to focus on yourself. Get to seven and seven. And then we can take a look at the mathematical equations. Oddly enough, Sunday Night Football looks kind of dumpy the next two weeks after this week. It actually looks kind of dumpy this week, too, because Indianapolis at Dallas is the Week 13 matchup, and then Kansas City at Denver is the Week 14 matchup. I can't imagine that that match won't be flexed out. Kansas. Yeah, City, I mean, Kansas City-Denver Denver is a rivalry game, even though Denver stinks. I will say if Indy beats Pittsburgh this week, them against Dallas is a, a pretty decent matchup. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Denver stinks. They they have no they 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 have no right to be. And they've primetime. already been in like four primetime games. If yeah. I remember correctly, they lost the ball. Oh, and that brings me to another point. So, you, you talk about uh, crazy blast from the past. I said, you know, there was one season like when we were in high school where the Browns lost almost every game they played on CBS. Oh that yeah. Year. Well. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you sent us a text. You're like, it's happening again. The CBS jinx is back. The Browns, hold on, are 3-0 in games not played on CBS this year. They beat the Steelers in Week 3, they beat the Bengals in Week 8, and they beat Tampa today. Crazy. They have not won a game on CBS since opening day. Crazy. Against Carolina. So maybe the problem is the television network that we're playing these games on. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) <laughs> we like Amazon, we like ESPN, and we like Fox, apparently. <laughs> Maybe we would like NBC, too. So hopefully we do get a game flexed to Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, Brown's got a much, 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 much needed win today um, to be able to stay somewhat relevant. Uh, at least for another week. Yeah. And they were able to stay about as 
least relevant they possibly could be with now Deshaun Watson back in the fold. So we're going to see what, you know, I I hate to do this because I feel like this, this is really unfair to Deshaun as a player. The guy has not played football in two years. It's a long time. And we're like, oh, we can just get to a certain point and he comes back and we roll off six straight wins, we might get in the playoffs. Listen, I think I at, now that I think, you know, I said the Browns should, you know, if the Browns aren't a touchdown favorite, I would hammer the Browns. I do think we're going to struggle on Sunday because that stadium in Houston is going to be like Quick and Loans Arena was on December 2nd, 2010. Hmm. When LeBron James came back to play against the Cavs. I don't know about that. I mean, did they it's so hard for me to imagine a fan base getting well, up like that hype for a game when your team is one nine and one. If their fan base if their fan base is anything like Jordan is, it will be like that. Hmm. So we shall see what happens. Um Yeah. Browns play Houston on Sunday. Next Sunday. Uh we will be here for it, after it. And we will also be back on Wednesday night for episode 238 of Living Off the Land. So, yeah. <laughs> that's going to do it for us tonight. Brown's going to much need to win. We are going to celebrate Victory Monday tomorrow, being back at work after a long holiday weekend. And, yeah, on to the next. Onward and upward. Go Browns. For Steven, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land, and we'll see you guys later this week. See ya. Bye.